In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas. Also, we'll talk to Matt Hotchberg over at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com to tell us what we need to know about Royal Caribbean. A little later on in the program, we'll answer some of your listener questions about the Mediterranean and some shore excursions to do over there with CruisingExcursions.com. Before we get to Matt, a couple of things. Uh, Over 430 back episodes of Cruise Radio. Yeah, kind of hard to believe. you got to check us out however you're listening to this show or CruiseRadio.net. Also, our Cruise Radio News Facebook group. Come kick around the cruise conversation. All right. Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, buddy. So I asked you before we started taping to give me five things that people need to know about Royal Caribbean. So you gave me a list of five. We're going to bang through them one by one. And we'll start at number five, which is Royal Caribbean creates ships to be destinations. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, traditionally cruise ships were always just bringing you from point A to point B to point C. And with Royal Caribbean, especially in the last, oh, 15, 20 years, they've really built these ships to be you know, the focus of your cruise. I mean, obviously going to these wonderful ports is great, but if you're going on a Royal Caribbean cruise, you should know that there's going to be, they're going to be jam packed with activities, places to eat and a whole lot to do from, you know, dawn to dusk. Give us some examples of those jam packed activities. Certainly there's no better exhibit a than the Oasis class ships. How about the brand new harmony of the seas? You've got zip lines, water slides, a ton of restaurants, Broadway shows, and that's only like a couple of them. I mean, do we have like an hour to go over them all? I know, right? There's, there's so much. <laughs> what, what's your favorite personal attraction? You know, what I really love are the Broadway shows. I, you know, I'm not a Broadway guy. I was never really a musical person, but the fact that they're offered on a Royal Caribbean cruise and included in your cruise fare to me is a is a, an impressive perk. And being able to see them there on the ship is truly amazing. I personally love the North Star taking you 300 feet above the ship. Oh, North Star, yes. Yeah, on the Quantum so Class cool. ships, Anthem of the Seas. In fact, Doug and I shared a nice dinner on Anthem of the Seas, oh, might sure I add. It's very romantic. Uh, moving on to number four. <laughs> number four you have, and speaking of eating dinner together, you say you've got to try the specialty restaurants. Absolutely. I think specialty dining went from something that was available as just an option to really a big part of the cruise. You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to eat there every single night. There's some wonderful complimentary food. But if you're going on a Royal Caribbean ship, do yourself a favor, eat at least one or two nights at a specialty restaurant because they're really amazing food and totally different than what you can get anywhere else on the ship. Give us a couple examples of some price points, Matt. You know, they're all over the place. You've got Johnny Rockets at just about $6 per person. That's a easy one to do. And that goes up. Most of them, though, fall in somewhere between $25 and maybe $40 price range per person. These are cover charges. So basically everything except for alcohol is included in there. And that includes your gratuity as well. And there's my favorites. You've got Sabor Modern Mexican. Love it. The guacamole has to be tried. Izumi, which is a great a, a Japanese restaurant with, if you love sushi, jeez, uh, I could eat that all day long. And of course, the venerable chef's uh, table and and chops grill, amazing experiences. What would you say to someone asking about reservations? Should they book it before they go, or can they wait till they get on the cruise? Unless they're married to a particular day or time, like it's got to be day two at six o'clock or bust. If you're a little flexible, which I 
most people are, wait until you get on board the ship. And oftentimes there's some great specials on board if you book at a particular event or whatnot. So take a look for those that can help save some money, including lunch. It's also a little bit cheaper. Number three is not really a shock. You say when it comes to pricing, the early bird gets the worm. Yeah, booking as far in advance is always, always, always your best strategy for getting the best possible price. I know sometimes it's tempting to book last minute and try to take advantage of that, but there's there's no way to predict that. And I'm telling you from experience, if you want to get the best possible price, book 12, 18, 24 months in advance if you can, because that is the key to getting the lowest possible price. Does Royal Caribbean offer like the the low price guarantee where they can make adjustments if it drops when you get closer to your selling? Kind of. Uh, what they will allow you to do is up until final payment date, you can cancel and rebook as much as you want. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, when you do that, you lose any booking incentives you had originally. But if the price drops, if you book today and then two weeks from now, the price drops $100, $1,000, whatever, you just cancel and rebook. And this is true for Americans and Canadians. The rules kind of differ from country to country beyond that. Mm-hmm. But it is a pretty cool thing I take advantage of all the time because that way when you book as far in advance as you can, you have that knowledge in the back of your mind. Hey, if the price drops $500 or $20, yeah. you can always cancel and rebook. Number two, you have drink packages are popular, but you have to do the math first. Absolutely. Drink packages are really popular. And a lot of people jump on them, but I always tell folks, you got to do the math. Can you drink, you know, five to six drinks a day, every day of your cruise, keeping in mind that the drink packages only work on board the ship. So if you're doing a med cruise and you're doing a lot of port intensive visiting, that's a lot of time off the ship where you're not drinking so much. So understand the itinerary, understand how much you drink in your mind, you know, and kind of plan that way. But if, if you do drink enough for it, boy, it'll, it can definitely save you a lot of money. A question to that is five or six drinks to the break even point. Yeah, for at least the girly cocktails that I enjoy, Doug. <laughs> the, gotcha. the frozen uh, margaritas and, and whatnot. If you're if you're drinking more uh, different drinks, like beers obviously come in a little bit lower, and, and some basic cocktails also are a little bit lower. But generally speaking, yeah, the most people are going to find that five to six drink threshold as the break-even point versus if they were paying cash. Uh, how about the private islands like Labadee and Coco Cay? Yeah, they're included there as well, which is a great value, especially if you're visiting one of those places. Cool. All right. And last but not least, you have Royal Caribbean has awesome entertainment. Uh, You kind of touched on this a little bit earlier with the Broadway shows, but expand on it. Certainly. Yeah, I think the the shows that Royal Caribbean offers are amazing. Royal Caribbean has really put so much effort into this. The Broadway shows, as I mentioned earlier, are huge. Being able to see, you know, uh, being able to see Cats and Mamma Mia and We Will Rock You. These are amazing not Broadway type shows, Broadway shows. And these are just the beginning points because you've got wonderful ice shows and entertainment every night of the of your cruise. And for a lot of people, I think they may overlook it saying, all right, well, how good could it really be on a cruise ship? Trust me, it's really good and definitely worth your time. Before we hop here, Royal Caribbean has those wow bands that open the stateroom doors and have charging privileges. Are those fleet wide? Yeah, they're available on the newer ships, the Quantum Class ships and Harmony of the Seas. Mm -hmm. If you're staying in a suite, like a junior suite or above, they're included in your room. But they do have a nominal charge to them. The good news, though, is if you buy them once, like you go on Harmony of the Seas and you get them, and then you go on Anthem of the Seas, you can actually bring your old band on Anthem, Mm -hmm. exchange it out, no fee associated with that at all. So it's kind of like Disney. Cool. Uh, The Royal IQ app, is that the same way? Yep. That's a smartphone app. And that's same ships as well, only available on the Quantum Class ships and Harmony of the Seas, at least right now. Been talking with Matt Hotchberg of Royal Caribbean Blog. Find all of his information there. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate it. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? 
swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay, go for an island tour, take a beach break, or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling. Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Tony just returned from a 14-night Western Mediterranean cruise on Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas out of Southampton. He joins us on the line this evening. How are you doing, Tony? Great, Doug. Great to talk to you. Now, uh, from your accent, I can tell that you live in the UK, right? That's right. Okay. How far of a drive was it or a flight from where you live down to Southampton? It was only about uh, an hour away, and we actually went by uh, by train, so it was even easier. Ah, very cool. Well, we're going to talk all about Navigator of the Seas here in just a couple of minutes, but before we do so, let's take a step back and give us some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this 14-night med cruise on the Navigator? It was a late booking. We were just looking for something for a family holiday. And about four weeks before, we went to see what was available. And we wanted something that went from the UK, was about two weeks, and went to somewhere warm and sunny. And um, this one seemed to fit the bill. Nice. Now, I got to ask you, because here in Florida, we get like last minute cruise rates and they're super, super cheap. Does it work the same way over there? Yeah. Yeah. They're not bad. You don't get all the special incentives you don't get the free drinks packages or the free parking or anything but mm-hmm. but the, the the going in price is is pretty good compared to what you'd pay a year before yeah very nice so uh, you make your way down to the cruise terminal in southampton how was embarkation boarding navigator it wasn't too bad i we've been from southampton several times before and it always takes about an hour from the time you drop your bag off to the time you get on the ship but it always takes about the same and it was no different this time They've got this sort of staggered boarding time now that they've introduced so mm-hmm. that depending on what cabin you're in you, is when you d- decide when you turn up. So we didn't turn up till about half past two, but uh, we were on within about an hour. Okay, not bad. So uh, what were your first impressions when you boarded Navigator of the Seas? It's a pretty good ship. We hadn't been on any Royal Caribbean ships before, so this was the first time f- for us. But it, it's quite a sort of glitzy can I say American type ship mm-hmm. and it looked pretty good it's got a nice couple of atriums and it's got this um, internal promenade deck which they make big play of which I'm not entirely sure whether it, whether it works but it's it's quite unusual for, for a ship now you say you don't normally cruise like a Royal Caribbean uh, do you normally do like P&O over there no no I've, we sort of tend to jump around from, from one line to another so we, we have done P&O but we've done Princess we've done Cunard we've done Celebrity as well but this was the first time on, on Royal Caribbean so I was interested to see how it was oh cool so you make your way to the stateroom uh, what kind of stateroom did you have and what did you think of it we were traveling as a as a family of four because we had a, both my teenage sons with us so we had a, an, an outside four berth 
cabin, mm-hmm. which uh, we've done before, so we know it's a bit squash for space. But but to be honest, this this four berth was just as good as any, as any other four berths that we'd had in the past, and um, it's pretty well laid out, and it it was fine for us. When you say outside cabin, uh, do you just mean uh, ocean view or balcony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ocean view, just, no, no balconies. They don't have that many four berth cabins, and four berth balconies had gone a long time ago. So we it was either this or an inside. So we went for this. Very nice. Uh, you mentioned that it, with four of you, got a little bit of cramped in there. Was there enough space to put everything away and all yeah, that? Yeah, there was. I mean, it, it, there's plenty of space under the under the beds for the suitcases and the, the cupboards. Uh, there's quite a lot of them, and the bathroom's pretty good on this cabin. It's got, uh, you know, a proper shower with one of my bugbears is that when those, you get those terribly flimsy shower curtains, but mm-hmm. this one's got proper doors. So I mean, it, it's it's not bad. I mean, I think this ship's about six or seven years old, but it's looking pretty good. Alrighty, let's talk about dining aboard Navigator of the Seas. Of course, Royal Caribbean always has a lot of dining options. So, what were your thoughts? We'll start with the Lido deck. The I believe they call it the Windjammer. Yeah, yeah how was that wi- for you? I wasn't too impressed by the the Windjammer it, from a layout and um, flow point of view. It, it worked pretty well, but I think the, um, the 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 quality and quantity of and choice of food wasn't especially good. It didn't vary much from day to day, but uh, it was okay for breakfast. But I, I thought for lunch it could be better. And uh, what do you think of the main dining room? The main dining room, we preferred that. We went, we ate in there every night, and the food didn't didn't always deliver what it said on the menu. I mean, it, I think the menus were a bit ambitious sometimes, but it, but on the whole, it was pretty good. And the service, you you couldn't fault the service. What time dining did you have? We had fixed time down and we were on the second sitting, so uh, 8.30. Okay, cool. Did you get to do any specialty venues? The only specialty venue we did was the um, Johnny Rockets uh, hamburger joint, which was pretty good, I thought. I thought it was, was excellent. But we didn't try any of the other upmarket um, establishments, no. Here's a stupid question, but do you guys have Johnny Rockets over there in the UK? No, no. It's, so, it's, so it's not something we know about. So, yeah. uh, what would you think of it? I thought it was quite good. And it's, and it's only quite a cheap mm-hmm. add-on. It's only... I think uh, $6.95, so it's, it's, it's not bad for a meal. What did you think about the entertainment aboard Navigator? I thought it was quite good. The, the, the entertainment in the main theatre was, I thought, was excellent. They had a good variety of um, sort of the song and dance shows and sort of individual variety acts, so comedians, singers, etc. And what they tend to do in, in Europe, which we've noted before, is they, they get someone in just for one night, so they fly them in. They do one night's turn and then they, they go off the next night. So you get quite a good variety of people and it, it works quite well. Cool. How was the music around the ship? I didn't think it was as good as, as on some of the other cruises we've been to. There were a couple of sort of trios. There was a classical trio and a, a Latin group, but they tended to play the, the same thing night after night. So I thought I thought it could be better, I'd say. Right. Now, you were on a 14-night Mediterranean cruise, a Western Med cruise. Do you know off the top of your head how many sea days you had? There were meant to be uh, six sea days. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so eight ports and six sea days, yeah. Okay, so how was the ship on sea days as far as passenger the, flow inside uh, and outside of the ship? The passenger flow was all right, but the one thing that I would say that it, because this was a this is a summer cruise and it was it was it was completely full full this cruise and there were obviously also a lot of children as well because it was in school holiday time so it was uh, three thousand eight hundred passengers on board and it it sort of showed it on on sea days on deck you couldn't get a sun lounger for love or money really it was it was really jam packed. How was the um, the dining uh, on sea days for you? 
the dining worked all right. So it, it was really just a problem on 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 the decks. Really, um, we had pretty good weather on this on this cruise, so everyone wanted to be out there soaking up the sun. But and it it, it was only on the open decks that it that it really suffered. Inside, it wasn't so bad. What ports did you hit on this fourteen night? We started off in, in Gibraltar, and then we were meant to go to Nice, but there was that uh, uh, terrorist incident mm-hmm. the, the night before, so they cancelled Nice, and then Civitavecchia for Rome, uh, Livorno for Pisa, Genoa, Malaga, and then finishing off in Lisbon. Cool. Which one was your favourite? I think Lisbon was the was the most most interesting. It, we had been to Lisbon before, but not on a cruise, and it, it's a it's a fascinating city not often visited by cruise ships and and it was certainly the most interesting place for a, for a day for a day's set of visiting did you uh visit the rock in gibraltar not this time i've done gibraltar before i mean oh, cool. there's, there's, a, there's a limited amount of things to do in gibraltar mm-hmm. but uh it's obviously very good for the, the duty-free shopping which people make the most of in gibraltar but uh four hours is probably enough in gibraltar yeah right so uh you make your way back to southampton how was the disembarkation process for you that, that worked really well and they they as is normal you get a time when you you need to disembark and they um and we were off at that time and picking up the luggage i'd, I'd say from when we left the ship to when we exited the terminal was only about 20 minutes which was which was pretty good Whenever you're disembarking the cruise, like in Southampton, would your disembarkation process be faster than mine since I was like a visitor to your country? Not for disembarkation. Embarkation might take you slightly longer when you, when you get on. But speaking to some of the Americans on the ship, I don't think they had a lot of problem getting on. I mean, I think it was quicker. I've taken Alaskan cruises out of Vancouver, and that's taken a long time to get on board. But I I don't think getting on in the UK for non-UK passengers takes a long time now. Okay, interesting. Uh, Do you have any first-time tips for us for sailing Navigator of the Seas? It's obviously a big ship experience, and if you you want to make the most of it, I'd say don't do it mid-summer, you know, peak season on a full ship, because... uh, I think it, there's too many too many people for it to, to cope well. But I, I say out of season, if you do it in shoulder season, if you did it in, in May or September, I expect you get a completely different experience. Looking back over your 14 nights sailing, what was the biggest highlight for you? It was some of the, the new ports that, that we went to. We hadn't been to, for example, I hadn't been to Pisa before, I hadn't been to Genoa before. And it, it was it was great to see some of those those new places. And as I mentioned, we also had great weather as well. So that always helps in the med. Cool. Well, in closing here, Tony, what are your final thoughts of Navigator of the Seas? It's a good ship, but as I say, I, I think it, it suffers in comparison to some of the other it's at the other competitors, particularly its uh, sort of upmarket competitors like Celebrity and, and people like that. So as I say, I'm not sure I'll be rushing back to that particular ship. All right. Fair enough. We've been talking with Tony. He just returned from a 14-night Western Mediterranean cruise on Royal Caribbean's Navigator of the Seas. Tony, thanks for joining us this evening and uh, sharing your review with us. No problem, Doug. Thanks a lot. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. It's time to answer some of your listener questions about shore excursions from Sheila and Jackie at cruisingexcursions.com. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. We're going to jump right to this here. The first question comes from Marty. She says, we're going on a Baltic cruise in August and wanted to know if you have any suggestions on what to do. Anything is appreciated. Hi, Marty. This is um, a a wonderful cruise to go to the Baltics, and it has so much more to offer than just St. Petersburg. 
I can run through some of the highlights for you. Usual itineraries include Copenhagen. Everyone wants to see the bronze statue of the Little Mermaid, inspired by Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale. Um, then the Stockholm, where the Vasa Museum's got a full-scale 17th-century ship. Uh, you can also see Drottingham Palace from Stockholm, which is the residence of the royal family. Um, Tallinn, Tallinn's got the Herman Tower, Dome Church, wonderful views. And from Tallinn, we offer uh, beer tours, food tours, bike tours, as well as the, the usual sightseeing. Then on to Helsinki, there's the cathedrals and the sea fortress. And better still, we offer some port packages. These are our best-selling tours, so there are shared tours, and they are um, they run through the best sites, and you can package them together. So you can choose any of the essential collection tours, add them to your basket, and it will automatically work out a port package discount for you, so you get the very best value. And I, I want to clarify, with your Russia shore excursions, is the visa included? It is, absolutely. We use a blanket visa, so it covers you for all of the time on your excursions. So because of that, we would recommend, if you're in for two days, to do two days excursions. Otherwise, you're, you need to organize a separate visa or spend your time on the ship. So make the most of your time there. There's lots to see. Kristen from Sacramento says, I'm looking for recommendations on excursions in Dubrovnik. I'm also traveling with my eight-year-old twins, and I'm wondering if there's anything in this port they'd enjoy as well. Absolutely. Dubrovnik is a wonderful city. It's famous for its city walls, which were intended to protect the city. They've also been popular for the filming of Game of Thrones, um, and it's got mystical and magical properties around the whole experience with its turrets and towers. We have tours which include the cable car as well, which will allow you to see the town in all its glory. The latest Star Wars film was also um, filmed in parts here, so all in all, it has got something for everyone. We also have tours to Kastas, which is on the Adriatic coast, and it's a beautiful promenade and, again, full of history and considered to be the most beautiful town in Croatia with its tree-lined marina. It's a really beautiful place to spend the day. So there's there's something there in Dubrovnik for everyone. It's completely a magical place where you would feel as though you're back in time fighting the rebels and... (laughs) Just being back into childhood again with all the the, the city walls and all of the surroundings, it's a wonderful place. You taught me something. I had no clue that Game of Thrones and part of Star Wars was filmed there. Absolutely, I had no clue. I'm not a film buff, but I've heard of um, Game of Thrones and everybody says how fantastic it is. It would be just nice to see somewhere where your childhood or, or your imagination could come to life. And you know what I like about Dubrovnik, too? It's in the city walls that are around the city. It's, it's a very walkable city. It is. It's really, really easy. And there's more to Dubrovnik um, than just the city walls as well. As I say, with Kavtat, it's a beautiful, beautiful area. And it's ancient and it's vibrant and it's lush and green. And it's just a, a lovely place to sit and have the afternoon, maybe, on the marina or have a walk through all, all of the town with its cobbled streets and everything. So it's, it's when you said walkable, mm-hmm. um, people might think that it's a good idea to get off the cruise ship and walk it. I would always recommend a tour. The best way to get the best out of any city you visit for the first time is to do a tour, learn about the history. Our tour 
does that and then it also gives you some free time at the end so you can go exploring by yourself. Yeah, I should probably clarify because I, if you're going to walk to the wall from the ship, you'll probably have a mini heart attack. It's a very steep walk. <laughs> Our next question comes from Lauren. She is sailing Princess Cruises this summer, and she says, Cruising the Baltic Sea, can you tell me what I absolutely can't miss? Well, you absolutely can't miss St. Petersburg. It's an absolutely magical place. There's everything to see in the Baltic, so so from ancient to modern to Viking history. Um, But with St. Petersburg, we do have several packages available. There's an absolute myriad of choice with regards to anything you want to see in St. Petersburg. We've got one-day packages, two-day packages, and three-day packages. It it all depends on how long you're sailing for and how long you're actually in the port for. So you can see the hermitage, you can see anything you want to see, really, with regards to the history of St. Petersburg. An essential collection tour that we do, and we do private tours also as well. So it it is a wonderful place to see, as I've said before. What we also do as well is if if people are wondering what to do on an evening when they don't really want to go back to the ship because they want to see more, we also offer things like a folklore show in the evening. Mm -hmm. This is included with your visa as well. So it's a wonderful evening of singing, dancing, which is full of the entertainment of the of the past, giving a really good insight into the area's rich and colourful history. Totally. It sounds like it. Now, with your private tours, when you're taking a cruise line excursion, you're on a motor coach, per se, with, I don't know, 60 fellow passengers. Is a private tour, like it sounds, much more exclusive? Yeah, absolutely. Um, with the private tours, it does, depending on the number of passengers, it could be a car, um, the vehicle will suit the number of passengers. We also offer small group tours, which take a maximum of 16 people, and we do a standard one, and we also do a luxury one that includes lunch, mm-hmm. and they mirror what the large group do, visit the same places, but it's a much nicer, more personal experience. Next question comes from Anita in North Carolina. A lot of Baltic and St. Petersburg uh, cruises coming up, it looks like here. She says, we're doing a Baltic cruise in June of 2017. We're sailing on Royal Caribbean. What's a good non-Royal Caribbean shore excursion in St. Petersburg? I I take it she's asking about maybe a smaller one and not like a big cattle-herded shore excursion. Yeah, like I was just saying, we we offer a couple of options on small group tours, maximum of 16 people, so it's lovely. It's a much more personalized experience. It's really good for those who can't quite keep the pace up of the large group tour. It's a little bit more sedate, although there's still an awful lot to see. Um, And it takes in Catherine's Palace, the Hermitage, Church of the Spilled Blood, it's also, um, weather permitting, we take the hydrofoil over to Peterhof Park. This is the best way to possibly see it. So as you're approaching from the hydrofoil, you get the very best views. And then you've got a lovely walk across Peterhof Park, and the coach will pick you up on the other side. Also, as we, we said before, you can add on the ballet, folklore shows. We do canal cruises, which is something a little bit different. So a whole myriad of things to, to see and do while you're there. We can also tailor-make, so if, if you fancy doing 
something on a private tour and perhaps you, you want to spend a whole morning in the hermitage and do nothing else, we can arrange that for you. You just let us know what works for you. Let's be honest. How cool would it be to arrive by hydrofoil? It is definitely the best yeah. <laughs> way to see it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. We've been talking with Sheila and Jackie from CruisingExcursions.com. Ladies, it's always a pleasure talking to you, and thanks so much for answering these questions today. Okay, thanks, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.